0: Passion. How many of you here this morning have passion? Let me say that again. How many of you here this morning have a passion? Raise your hand. All right, the rest of you didn't raise your hand. You're, you're not being truthful this morning because each and every person that is sitting here this morning, every person in this world that's ever been born has a passion. A passion for someone. Matter of fact, if you're married this morning, you better have risen your hand. Uh, <laughs> Men, if you have any sense whatsoever uh, that, especially if your spouse is sitting beside you, that you have a passion. If nothing else, you have a passion for your spouse. But every one of us have a passion. Passion is a strong and barely controllable emotion. It is an intense desire and enthusiasm for something or someone And so what is your passion this morning? Do you have passion for your spouse? Do you have passion for your work? Do you have passion for uh, whatever it is in this world? Do you have passion for Jesus? Do we have passion for Jesus? The passion of Christ is a strong and intense love that Jesus expresses. He doesn't just express it to just anything, but he expresses it to mankind. The passion, matter of fact, the passion of Jesus is fueled by man. Jesus has an interesting and unique love for man that it will cause him to give his life as a sacrifice so that we might have a relationship with him. That's the passion of Christ. That's the unique passion that He has for you and for me. We are the reason that Jesus left His throne in glory and would come to this earth and to put on human flesh as a a baby to be born in a barn and then to walk on this earth and to set an example for us and to show us the love of God to the point that he would walk up a hill called Calvary and lay down his life on on a cross. They didn't take his life. They didn't kill Jesus. Jesus gave his life. That's the passion that he had, that he would give his life and suffer and die on a cross, taking the wrath of God for the sin of man. We, man, mankind, is the reason for the passion of Jesus. That is the passion that we hear when we read the Word of God. All throughout God's Word, from from the very beginning, from Genesis to Revelation, we hear the passion of Christ. From the very point that, that they created mankind. When God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit created man in their image, He said it was, Very good. He had a passion for man. He, he created in His image to, to have a relationship with Him. His passion was to walk with man. Matter of fact, in the very beginning, the Bible tells us how that He walked with them in the cool of the garden and during, the, uh, in, during their time there in the garden that the Holy Spirit of God would come and walk with them in relationship with Him because He had a passion for us. He had a passion to be around us and to spend time with us and us spend time with Him. That is the passion that we see when when Jesus is in the the garden praying, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. As Pastor Sherman preached last week, this this passion that that Jesus had while he was there in the garden, and that he prayed in in such a way and with such a passion that his tears became and sweat became that of droplets of blood because of the passion that he had the commitment that he had to the Lord to come and die on a cross for our sin. That is the passion that we hear when Jesus is hanging on the cross and he looks down at the people that are there that, that drove the nails in his hands and, to, and to put the crown of thorns on his head and, and put the nails in his feet as he looked down at them as they spat upon him and, and cursed him. and He said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. They're ignorant, God, of what they are doing. They don't know who I am and and what they are are doing to me. Forgive them. Don't hold it against them, Father. (laughs) What a passionate Savior to look at the ones who just nailed Him to a cross and say, Father, don't hold that. Don't hold this against them. It's the same passion that He looks down upon you and me as He looks at us and says, Father, forgive them for they don't don't know what they're doing. They don't realize the, 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 the sin that they have in their lives. Father, forgive them. This is the passion that God, that Jesus has. Passion is what kept Jesus committed to the will of the Father. As as Pastor Sherman preached last week, the the commitment that he had. There was nothing going to stop him. There was nothing going to stand in his way. There was nothing going to interfere with his purpose and his plan. He was committed, and it was that passion that drove him to the cross. It was that passion that kept him focused on what his purpose was. Even... Even the disciples tried to get in the way. When they came to the garden and to arrest him, old Peter pulled out his sword and and tried his best to kill one of those guys. He just missed. He got his ear. He wasn't going for his ear, I can guarantee you that. Uh, he just missed. Maybe the Bible tells us that as they were there in the garden and Jesus was praying that disciples were asleep. Maybe he just had some sleepy in his eyes or something other. And he wasn't, all, you know, he wasn't all there. He was a little drowsy. And he missed the head of that soldier But he was aimed, that he was aiming for. But took off his ear. And what did Jesus do? He said, you need to put your sword up. He who lives by the sword dies by the sword. I have a purpose. I have a plan. This is why I'm here. I have a passion to go to the cross. Jesus was passionate about you and me. He was passionate about the whole mankind. I am convinced today that the reason why the church lacks commitment is because it lacks a compassion or it it lacks a passion for Christ. Even though Christ has a passion for us, I believe that we lack a passion for Him. A lack of passion is the reason why so many people never commit to to one church. A lack of passion is, is the reason why they never commit to a the church. They'll come for a while, but then things don't go their way, or they 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 want something different. You can't entertain them any longer. They want some different entertainment, and so they go somewhere else because they're not they don't have a passion for Christ, but they have a passion for themselves. What pleases them. Not what pleases Christ. I believe that a, a lack of passion for Christ is the reason why so many people are not committed in, to serving in ministry. Because hey, if we, can, if we can ever get a passion for Christ, if we can get a passion for, for the one who died on a cross for our sin, that our, that our emotion is, is strong and barely uh, controllable, then we won't be able to help but serve Him because of what He has done for us, because of the passion that He has for us. I believe that a lack of passion for Christ is the reason why we spend our Sundays on the lake or the ball field. or are at home in bed because we don't have a passion for Christ. Christ doesn't mean more to us than anything else in our lives. And we were on the way here this morning and, and I know you don't have to just come to church on Sunday that there's other things but you know we have uh, throughout the years and even in, in the word of God they set time aside for, for uh, coming together as the body of Christ and worshiping together and, and glorifying Christ. And, but it's something that we are missing today especially in this nation that we are missing that commitment to God to, to, to come together as the body of Christ. We were on the way here this morning and our oldest daughter called us from, from Florida and going to a birthday party at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. And he said, that, that wouldn't happen here in, in the Bible. Belt. oh, yes, it would. Oh, yes, it would. I can remember a time when, when the, the passion for Christ was so strong Once when we had a uh, community ball that, that, that we didn't practice ball, we didn't play ball or any of that other stuff on Sundays. We didn't do it on Wednesday nights. On Wednesday nights, hey, it was out. Matter of fact, I coached uh, Little League football. And, and boy, we'd go in on Wednesday and we'd say, oh, we're done. At 4.30, you're done because you're going to church. All right? God forbid that we would do it on, on Sunday, but now the, the passion has, has left us. We don't have the, the passion of Christ. And you say, I don't have to do that. To, you know, I don't have to be in church on Sunday to have a passion for Christ. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You have, to, you have to, if you have a passion for Christ, there has to be a time in your life where you desire to, to get away from everything and join with the rest of the body of Christ to worship Jesus. Worship Him. to Give Him praise and, and glory and honor. And what are we teaching those in our lives when we don't... Set aside time for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm preaching to myself as much as I am to anyone else here this morning. But a lack of passion for Christ is the reason why there's still billions of people that have not heard the gospel. You read the Word of God, guess what? They didn't have... Nice fancy cars. They didn't have internet. All of that stuff. But they had a passion for Christ. And the gospel spread throughout that whole world. Throughout that whole area. The gospel spread. Why? Because they were some believers who had a passion for the one who had a passion for them. And their passion was for Jesus and not for what the things in their lives, what the, for themselves. I am convinced that our passion is ourselves and not Jesus. Let me ask you this morning, what if Jesus had the same passion for us that we have for Him? Just think about that a moment. What if Jesus had the same passion for us as we did or that we do for him. But you know, I'm certainly glad he didn't. I'm glad that Jesus didn't just tell me that he loved me just like we do so many times. Jesus, I love you. Oh, we'll tell Jesus we love him, don't we? You ask, I, I, I deal with it all the time. I, I go up to people and ask them, do, you, know, do you know, do you know Jesus? Do you love him? Oh yeah, yeah, I love him. Oh yeah, I know Jesus. But I'm glad that Jesus didn't just tell me that He loved me, but He showed me how much that He loved me. His passion was having a love relationship with mankind. That was His passion. And that passion came with a sacrifice.
1: Children, we would dream of Christmas morn, of all the gifts and toys we knew we'd find, but we never realized a baby born one blessed night gave us the greatest gift. Of Oh,
0: upon an individual. yet Christ's passion for you and me caused Him to be committed to that and to go and to be crucified on a cross. And what we could portray on TV or on video doesn't even come close to what the, the agony and the torture that our Savior went through because He had a passion for you and me. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 13, and through chapter 53, the prophet Isaiah gives us this beautiful picture of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as our Savior, the one who came and that came and or would come and die on a cross for our sin. And he begins in verse 13 of chapter 52, and he says, Behold, my servant will prosper. He will be high and lifted up and exalted greatly just as many are astonished at you, my people. So his appearance was marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. Thus he will sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths on account of him for what had not been told them they will see and what they had not heard they will understand. He said they This king, this Jesus, will be exalted. He will be exalted. He will be high and lifted up. And, matter of fact, kings will, earthly kings will bow down before him and acknowledge him as King of kings and Lord of lords. But before that happens, before that takes place, he says in verse 1 in chapter 53 Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of a parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face. He was despised and we did not esteem Him. Surely our griefs He Himself bore and our sorrows He carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed Him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But He was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon Him. And by His scourging, we are healed. And all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on Him. He was oppressed and He was afflicted. Yet He did not open His mouth like a lamb that, was, that is led to slaughter, and like a sheep that is silent before its shears, So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgressions of my people to whom the stroke was due? His grave, well, it was a sign with wicked men Yet he was a rich man, was with a rich man in his death, because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring, and he will prolong his days. And the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many as he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will allot to him a portion with the great and he will divide the booty with the strong because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet He Himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. This passage of Scripture very clearly expresses and reveals to us the passion that Christ had for you, for me, and for all of mankind. Years, many years before He would ever be born, many years before He would ever Walk up the hill called Calvary and lay down his life on the cross for my sin and your sin and the sin of the world. The prophet Isaiah reveals to the, to the people of, of Israel you may have denied him, you may not follow after him, but yet his passion for you will be revealed on the cross of Calvary. That's the passion that Christ had for us. It expresses to us that he is. A king to be greatly exalted. As he says there in, this, in chapter 52, in the last part there, that, that he will be exalted. However, he will be rejected. There will be many who, who rejected the Lord Jesus Christ, the people, as a matter of fact, the people of Israel, many of those rejected him when he came as the Messiah. And there are many, even today, that are continually to reject this King of kings and the Lord of lords. Yet because of His passion, the rejection of Him will not stop Him. Even though they rejected Him, even though Israel rejected Him as their Messiah, even though the world has rejected Him as their Messiah, yet it does not stop His passion for you and me. His passion causes him to humble himself unto death. When someone is passionate about something or someone, they don't just tell them. And you're not able to just tell them, but you must show them through your actions. And that's exactly what Jesus did. For God had been telling them, All of these years, how much He he loved them and He had done all of these things for them. But then the ultimate passion came out when He gave His Son, Jesus Christ. For the Bible tells us, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, His one of a kind Son. There is not anyone like Him. There could not be another one That could do what Jesus did on the cross. He said, I gave my only begotten Son, my one of a kind Son, to die on a cross for your sin that whosoever believeth in me should not perish, should not go to hell, should not spend eternity apart from the love of God, but shall have everlasting life. God could have very easily told us and just kept telling us that He loves us. But he went on to show us how much he loved us. And Paul puts it plainly to the Romans, the church there in Romans, when he said, But God, but God. He said, You are are condemned. You, You deserve death. You have sinned. But God commendeth. He demonstrated, that word commendeth means to demonstrate. He demonstrated his love toward us, toward mankind. That while we were yet sinners, while we were yet enemies of God, while we didn't want anything to do with God, we didn't desire God, that Christ died for us. That's the passion that He had for you and me. Just a few things real quickly. In this passage of Scripture, as the passion of Christ, we see that He had a purpose. He had a purpose. His purpose was to redeem mankind. His purpose was to take upon himself the the wrath of God so that that you and me and all of mankind could have a relationship with God. Because see, God God can't have anything to do with, with sin. He can't. He don't look upon sin. There is no sin in heaven. There is no sin in God. The Bible very clear in that 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 Jesus was a a man just like you and me but yet was without sin. It was because he was without sin that he could be the, the sacrificial lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world. And because of our sin, because of the sin of man, there needed to be a sacrifice and and God provided the sacrifice through through Jesus Christ and His purpose was to take on the wrath of God. I believe with all my heart, that's the reason why as Jesus hung on the cross of Calvary and, and and the sin of man came upon His shoulder that it became black because God had to turn away from His Son. And Jesus cried out, My God, my God, for the very first time, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why? Because it wasn't because he wasn't still his son, it wasn't because he, he wasn't God, it was because he had the sin of man on his shoulders. And that was his purpose. His purpose was to, verse 12 says, Yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for. The transgressors. Who is that? That's you, that's me. That's mankind. That's who it is. He had a purpose. But not only do we see that in in His passion, but we also see that uh, His provision. That He he provides a way. He provided a way for you and, and for me. The Bible tells us over in John chapter 14, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way into heaven. There is no other way into the Father except by me, through me. And God knew this. And God said there has to be a a way, there has to be provisions and and, and He sent His Son Jesus to be that that way. He tells us over in Matthew chapter number 7, He says there's two ways, there's two paths, there's two gates. One is a broad gate. One is a broad path. It's wide. And there's many that will take that way. But in the end thereof is destruction. He says, but narrow is the gate. Narrow is the path. Narrow is the way that leads to life. And there are few that will come in that way. But those that do will have eternal life. What he's saying there is, is that, that the world says that there's many ways to heaven. You just choose what way, what direction you want to go. You choose that way because it all leads to heaven. But what Jesus is saying is that there is only one way. There is only one path. There is only one gate. And that is He Himself. And He provided Himself for a way for you and for me. And so we see His purpose, we see His provisions, but in His his passion we see His power. In the very first part of chapter 53, He says, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? That means the, the power of God. Who has the power been revealed? In the passion of Christ we see the power of God to transform life. Because see, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing your mama can do, your daddy can do, your grandma can do, your grandpa can do. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit of God to transform your life, to give you a new life in Christ. And in His passion, we see His power to transform our lives. But we also see in closing, we see His pleasure. This is something that I've always uh, struggled with, and many have, have struggled with this. And when you read in, in chapter number 53 and verse 10, it says, But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. Think about that just a minute. Think about the passion that God has for you and for me and for mankind. That he has such a passion that it would Please him; it would bring him pleasure to do this. Why? Why would it please him? Why would it bring pleasure to him? Well, he tells us in this same verse. If we keep reading, he will see his offspring; he will prolong his days; and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Why would it? please God? Why would it it bring pleasure to Him? Because God knows that this is the way for us to have a relationship with Him. It is the way that for us that we can be forgiven of our sin. That the Lord Jesus Christ will be a guilt offering for you and for me And because He was willing to be that guilt offering, He was committed with passion to be that guilt offering for you and for me and to take upon our sin that we could have eternal life in relationship with our God in heaven for all eternity. Jesus is passionate about you. And He has shown this passion through His actions. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt in my heart. There's no doubt in my mind as I read the Word of God that Jesus is passionate about me. And you can say the same thing. But am I passionate about Him? Are you passionate for Him? Let's bow our heads this morning. Take a moment just to examine your heart and your life. If you're here this morning and there's been a time in your life when you came to Jesus and you said, Lord, forgive me for my sin. I repent, I turn from my sin, and I turn to you. And you confessed Him as Lord of your life. I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you just as passionate today as you were then? Do you have the same passion for Christ to serve Him today? As you did then. Do you have the same passion for Christ to worship Him today as you did then? You know, we serve a God, an unchanging God, whose passion for you and for me never changes. Is not affected by what we do, how we act, what we say. For He is a God that is love. And His passion is the same for But how about our passion for Him? Oh, we get so many things in our lives. We're such a busy people today that I believe that it interferes with our passion for Christ. Not necessarily bad things, but just things. As I was studying and preparing for this message, I got to thinking about my own life and how my passion had had been affected. And that I didn't have the passion that I... Once had. When we, if we would just get along with God and get in, quiet, in a quiet place, we would realize that our passion is weak. But I'm thankful that we serve a loving God who says, If you confess your sins before me, I will forgive you your sins. That He is a Savior with open arms that will welcome you back in His arms. Right, but if you're here this morning and there's never been a time in your life that you've come to Jesus and said, Lord, I realize that I have sinned against you and I'm sorry for my sin. If you've never done that, I, my prayer is, and my prayer all week has been that you would, you would come to Him this morning. That you would know through His Word, through this message today, that He is passionate about you. He's passionate about you and he he desires a relationship with you he wants you to know him